0: Once again, this is Nuance. I'm Mike Scala. We'll be talking about the New Hampshire primary as polls closed in most of the state already here as we're watching live. But I would like to introduce our co-hosts. First, we got Jay Carter, of course, also known as Timid, hip-hop artist and chair of BLM Tokyo. What's going on, Jay?
1: Uh, Just cranking the heater up a little bit higher because it's... uh Snow is coming down here. We've got a heavy snow warning. We're gonna have snow all day.
0: Ah, so you guys are gonna get down. See, we had it here in New York, and then it rained, and it actually got a little warmer, and that ended up being a good thing, right? Because most of the snow and ice is now gone.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I think it's supposed to. At least I saw it's supposed to rain in a couple of days. Um, this is pretty heavy because the rain, the snows we've had like two snows so far this year, but they didn't stick. Um, but this okay. looks like it's gonna it's gonna stay for for a little bit.
0: See, I'm glad because you're usually ahead of us in terms of the time, right? But now you're kind of behind us because we got the snow first, and now you have to relive what we already went through. It.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping this goes away soon. So but it does forecast for next week is like in the fifties again, so that'll be interesting.
0: That's what I'm waiting for. We were also joined, of course, by Sheba Abraham from the League of Women Voters. I know you don't have a whole lot of time, Sheba, but what's going on with you?
2: Oh, it's a lot going on, um, but I am kind of preoccupied with the Australian Open.
0: The Australian and, Open. Uh,
2: yes. <laughs> Watching Coco and the other uh, young lady that she played in uh, the US Open. Oh, I okay,
0: they're, they're women. When you said Coco, right. for a second, referring to a really refer natural kangaroo playing tennis.
2: <laughs> no, Coco <laughs> golf. Okay. Yeah, Coco Goff. And I forgot the other young lady's name, but they met in the, uh they played each other in the U.S. Open, and um, Coco defeated her. So now they're in the Australia Open, and they're going to meet again. So it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens.
0: I don't know why that tickles me so much, the Australian Open. I'm picturing them going, Mike, or something like that as they hit the ball. <laughs> but
2: you know what's interesting? There's a supermarket in the area um, in Dutchess County, and they're selling kangaroo meat.
0: Kangaroo meat in honor of the Australian Open?
2: No, not in honor of the oh, Australian Open. <laughs> it's like, wow, they're selling actually selling kangaroo right. meat. I was like, Point. oh my goodness.
0: But I'm glad you brought that up. This is actually the perfect segue, because before we get into the very serious topics here, there's actually something that's perhaps even more serious than that that I wanted to bring up. And this relates uh-huh. back to what we were talking about last week. So before the show, I went...
1: You got kangaroo meat
0: I got Burger King now remember we were talking about whether burgers in New York had mustard on them we're gonna see what kind is that a regular the regular burger Got yeah, a regular hamburger didn't order it any special way just a regular mm-hmm. hamburger I got a cheeseburger as well if that makes a difference uh-huh. and you got it from Burger King Burger King yeah have, have uh-huh. it your way but all I said was give me a hamburger and give me a cheeseburger I want to yes. see now here's the thing Sheba uh-huh I was telling Jay, this is a cheeseburger, when I was in the South a a while ago, many years ago, my friends and I went into a Burger King, I think it was in Richmond, Virginia, or somewhere around there, and ordered burgers. He got his, and he was disgusted that there was mustard on it. Instead of putting ketchup as a condiment, they put mustard on it. And he went to the front and he was like, Oh, this is gross, but I don't like that. And it was kind of a bonding experience with the lady, you know, like the, the cashier. She's like, You know, I don't really like it either, but I know that's what we do down here. I know you, you, you mm-hmm. new do ketchup, we do mustard. So I was telling this to Jay. He was like, Every Burger King everywhere puts mustard on the burger. I don't know that, that to be true. The one that doesn't is
1: McDonald's. McDonald's is just ketchup and onions.
0: Oh, look, okay, well,
2: I, I thought here they put ke- ketchup on, I didn't know they put mustard.
0: This looks like ketchup to me. There may yeah. be mustard, but it's, it's hard to tell because it's the cheeseburger. Why don't we get the one that's not the cheeseburger? Uh, because I don't know if the yellow is just the cheese. Let's see. This is very important stuff because I can tell I've you
2: mustard on the. That's but if we get Steve
0: back on the show. He was on here once. Uh-huh. He confirm his side of the story because he was taken aback by the mustard on the burger.
1: That tells me he ate mostly at
0: McDonald's. (laughs) Uh, Here it is. Ain't no damn mustard on here. It's ketchup and pickles.
2: Yeah.
1: There's supposed to be mustard on there.
2: Not in New York. (laughs) No, no, not in New York. But I've had a burger with mustard on it, but it wasn't in New York. (laughs) It was
0: in the South.
1: There's supposed to be mustard on there. That's the recipe.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, is it supposed to be cooked in or just put on top as a kind of... No, put it on top. It on top. Never. Yeah. I've been. I've lived in New York basically my whole life. I've been to Burger King many times. I've never had mustard on a burger in New York.
2: Mm-mm.
0: In the South, yes.
1: That is very surprising to me because that's the, that's the recipe for... The the hamburgers and cheeseburgers and Burger King is um, ketchup, mustard, onions, pickles. That no,
0: nah, probably like, people in New York would revolt, and they would this they wouldn't be having that. So they had them right. in New York. Yeah, when they first started
2: out, probably that way. But as it time went on,
1: interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a post here. I'm looking at a a post here on Quora, and it's saying that apparent, apparently outside of New York City, New York City seems to be an exception where they t- took it off because they, when they did testing in the 70s, New York City people didn't uh, vibe with it, and so the most of New York State does have the regular.
0: Um, right, well, now we know what we're doing next week. We're going upstate somewhere. Sheba, how about you doing it next time? You come back with a, a burger from Burger King. We can test it out.
2: Okay, okay well, I have to go because I know and I don't, I'll see if they serve mustard in this area, but I would yeah, have yeah, to go a bit further after. Oh, okay, I will. It has
1: to be Burger King, though. Burger- yeah, but- I know McDonald's didn't have it, but Burger King, their, their natural um, recipe for it was always with mustard on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah
0: well- and I'm also curious, is New York City the only location that doesn't have it or are other locales also?
1: That's interesting. We need to get someone from, yeah. from Burger King corporate,
0: on, <laughs> so on corporate Yeah, come on the show. <laughs> I just remember my, my boy Skimmy being horrified by it. He's like, they put mustard on this. Oh my God. He was like freaking out, having a meltdown. <laughs> <store>. <laughs> All right, we won't hold you. We won't His hold you. Was basically, ATL, Shadi. You know, welcome to the South. <clears throat> what? No, he complained he was like "Yo, know, how come you put mustard on on the burger and the response was basically atl shoddy okay you know well, you're, you're in the south now right that's <laughs> what we do down here. yeah
2: right yeah
1: <laughs> so
0: yeah but see and that's why we'll get back to the cultural thing that's why the i guess the cashier must have known that because she was using that as a way to flirt right she was like oh I, Like, I know you guys who come in and don't like the mustard. You're from New York City. You guys are cool. Mm -hmm,
2: So.
1: Yeah, that's that's very surprising. Um, Either that or they're just being rebels. That's (laughs) because. We don't.
0: No, we don't tolerate that. And and I'm actually surprised to learn, according to what we just saw anyway, that this is New York City specific. We'll test that, like we said next week with the upstate, because. Mm -hmm. I kind of figured that it was more Northern versus Southern, right? I thought maybe New Uh Jersey would be the same, but I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if I've had a lot of Burger King in New Jersey. Now I'm curious, I'm going to start having Burger King (laughs) when I'm traveling at least, right? To see what they're doing there. Cause I would be surprised. I'll be honest with you. If I'm at the Jersey Turnpike rest stop somewhere and they put mustard on the burger, I would be very surprised. Um. We'll see.
1: We will see. Yeah, that's that's very, very surprising to me. Mm -hmm. So.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, well, speaking of surprising, the New Hampshire primary is about over. I know some polls close at 8 p.m. Most Mm -hmm. of them, I understand, throughout the state closed already at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we should have results coming in. Of course, the main topic of conversation is on the Republican side, right? Who's going to challenge the Democratic president down to two people. I'm interested, perhaps even more so on the Democratic side, because this isn't getting a whole lot of coverage. The fact that the incumbent president took his name off the ballot in New Hampshire mm-hmm. because New Hampshire refused to comply with the DNC rules stipulating that South Carolina We get to vote first, right? This started with a letter from President Biden saying that South Carolina, as a very diverse state, should get the opportunity to weigh in on the presidential primaries first. New Hampshire took exception to this, saying that, no, we are the first to vote. In fact, you know, I was the first caucus, we're the first primary, and it is actually in our state law in New Hampshire that we have to vote first. Which to me is kind of a funny law because it doesn't only affect that state, it affects what's going on everywhere, right? To say, mm-hmm. I can understand a law saying that we have to be a certain week of the month or this time, but to say that we have to be before other states. I mean, that means that if another state were to push this earlier, that would affect what happens in New Hampshire also, right? They would have to make theirs earlier to compete. We, we got to go first. It's kind Come of like shotgun or something like that. It's kind, of, it's kind of a funny thing. Like, this is our law. We have to be first. But... That is their law, and that's very much a a real thing in New Hampshire, right? They take pride in being the first to vote. Again, slightly different from the caucus, right? Iowa does the caucus first. New Hampshire is the first traditional primary. They weren't playing ball. They, They said, no way. In fact, one of the politicians, I think, in New Hampshire said, that's laughable. The notion that we will let South Carolina go before us is laughable. So they're doing their thing. They're going first, like they always do. The DNC responded by stripping them of their delegates. They're no longer gonna have voting delegates at the convention, at least not now. Things could change as happened in the past. But as of now, they don't have voting delegates at the convention and the president took his name off the ballot. So you do have other candidates, Dean Phillips being the prominent one on the ballot in New Hampshire. But in response to all this, the Biden supporters are waging a writing effort. Now, the president himself has not endorsed this or commented on this, right? This is done ostensibly apart from his involvement. But the way the local Democrats see it in New Hampshire, I think, is it would be an embarrassment if the president were to lose, you, know, you put that in quotes, but still nonetheless, mm-hmm. technically lose the first primary to an insurgent challenger, right? especially a lesser known guy like Dean Phillips. So This is less about, I think, worrying that Biden could somehow lose the nomination. He's not. It's more about the perception of how this is going to look as a headline and maybe feed into the narrative that he's possibly a weak general election candidate in the fall. And so this is what we're seeing tonight. We're seeing the Biden supporters and I guess the more establishment folks in New Hampshire waging this right in campaign to try to beat a guy who's on the ballot. So how is that going to play out? Um, Curious to see.
2: Well, I have a question. Was that legal? Was that done legally with the president? Is that yeah, something so that DNC can be we done? We talked
0: about on the show before. A primary is a party contest. So the parties can set their own rules for what happens there. And so right. the DNC is allowed to do that. They're allowed to strip them of their delegates if they don't follow the DNC rules. Um, it's in violation of new hampshire state law at least for them not to vote first so they are voting first and now what happens to these delegates in the past there was a controversy with something similar happening and i believe a compromise was ultimately reached where the delegates got to go to the convention and get half vote or something like that and so maybe something similar will play out in the long run i don't know if it's really gonna make a difference because whatever happens in new hampshire other states are going to get to vote south carolina goes next you know you have the whole country that gets to vote and so you're going to see where it falls at the end in almost all likelihood, in fact, you know, it's near certainty that Biden is going to get the most votes and the most delegates naturally, no matter what the New Hampshire deal is. So it wouldn't even make a difference. Right. But to New Hampshire it matters because they don't want to be stripped of their say.
2: Right. But he knew that going into this race, what would make him what would give him the right or why would he make that decision?
0: Well, this was before the race, right? This is a while back. He wrote a letter saying that South Carolina should go first. And we know the history with Biden in South Carolina, right? In 2020, he was one of many Democratic candidates. He did not win Iowa. He did not win New Hampshire, right? In fact, he was not not a close second or even a third. I mean, he was coming fourth. He was coming well, well, well behind in the running. And it looked like he was dead in the water until he was essentially bailed out in South Carolina, right? And that's when you had the first black voters coming in many of whom had somewhat of a loyalty or an appreciation of Joe Biden due to his uh, being Obama's VP, um, where he was unable to gain any traction in those early states, which are very white, right? He did do extremely well in South Carolina, and that's what catapulted him to the nomination. And so, you know, obviously, this can be seen as a bit of a self-serving maneuver for him to say, even you know, he doesn't really have serious competition now, but it, it, it does seem... Convenient, or maybe it's just a payback. Maybe it's a thank you to South Carolina for how they helped right, but, He's saying they but should first.
2: Right, but is he being bipartisan? Well, it's because not the it like Democratic, Democratic primary. Right, but still still.
0: Republicans can, being, can do their own thing. and Nothing to do with what the Republicans do.
2: Right, but still he's showing favoritism to a state that mm-hmm. he has. Uh, won or that has helped him win the presidency. He's right. showing favoritism. Right. So you're going to either be, you know, are you going to be for all the people? Or are you going to be for that state or favor that state because they helped you get elected?
0: Well, is there something to the argument that you want a more diverse electorate to go first? Um, I don't know. It's something that he threw out there. We did look at what happened in 2020, you know, of course, Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg were the big winners. They both struggled to appeal to black voters. That was their downfall. Right. They did very well with the white liberals, but didn't really put together a larger coalition beyond that one, which would be necessary to win the Democratic nomination, certainly the presidency. Right. They were limited in their appeal. And so I guess the argument here is that south carolina is more of a test to see if you can put together a broader base of appeal although to be fair i do believe the democratic electorate of south carolina is mostly black right we have to look at those numbers so you know i don't know uh, how representative it is of the whole country or whatever but you can certainly say that it's more diverse than those early states are
2: right but see mike when when you're with the league of women, women voters and the reason why i asked that question we have to be non-partisan mm-hmm. So well, that to me, primary so, is not
0: nonpartisan. My definition, it is. Right, bipartisan. No, no, bipartisan. but what they're
2: saying, you, you, I'm just saying, yeah, and I, that I understand. But in other words, what they're saying is that we can't go out and show favoritism. Mm-hmm. See, because as president, he has to listen to the argument of New, New Hampshire and South Carolina. Right.
0: But so he's not just the president, though; he's also a presidential candidate. Right. right. So, he does have so I'm
2: saying on, a,
0: on to you, what he does. But, and also, like I said, there is an argument now you don't have to agree with it, but there is an argument that South Carolina should go first because it's more diverse and it represents maybe the electorate better than the early states do. That's you know right, that's but, being
2: but what I'm saying a, right? I'm sorry, I don't want to overta- uh, talk yeah. Yeah. over you. but what I'm saying from the position I sit in is being nonpartisan mm-hmm. that does that shows he's more friendly with South Carolina than he is with New Hampshire.
0: Well, I don't think there's any doubting in that. I mean, he got walloped in New Hampshire. So that's why, you list.
2: know, because see, I have to look at it from that. I have to look at it as from the league's, where I sit, from the league's point of
0: view. Let's actually pull up.
2: And he's showing favoritism from one over one state than the other. That's my observation.
0: Well, yeah, I, I think that that's correct, right? He is saying South Carolina should get to go first. New Hampshire is not happy about that. So look at what happened last time. Can we get sounds
1: all, all very childish. Uh I don't think it makes a difference. Everybody's, if their votes are all going to count, it doesn't really matter who goes first. Like it should.
0: I, I agree and disagree with that. I just wanted to take a look real quick at the 2020 primary result. So he had Bernie Sanders coming for, well, actually yeah, Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg were essentially tied. They both got nine delegates, but you had Bernie Sanders with 76,000 votes. Buttigieg with 72,000 votes. Amy Klobuchar came in third place with 58,000 plus votes. Elizabeth Warren came in fourth place with 27,000 votes. Joe Biden came in fifth place with under 25,000 votes. So maybe it is a way for him of (laughs) getting back at New Hampshire and saying, listen, you guys had me in last place last time, fifth place of the top five candidates. Uh, You know, South Carolina had me in first. Uh, I'm going to rock with y'all. I I
1: think... uh I think it's more an optics thing than it is anything that really makes any difference. Uh, it's it's more like the first the first uh results that come in showing him as last, it's gonna look like okay, well, his whole campaign is uh possibly okay. doomed to fail. If he comes right. in top ah, at the first one, then it's like, yeah, look, see, I'm 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 the man. And then but, going on to the subsequent
0: yeah. states, it makes him look stronger. That's why but it doesn't matter who doesn't votes first, right? It doesn't matter in a sense that it's not always determinative it certainly wasn't last time right. we were talking about president really. sanders a president buddha judge if that was the case right they won the first contest ted cruz right. beat donald trump in iowa last time right and he said it was yeah. stolen and a fake election and all that kind of stuff so yeah these first states don't always pick the winner but they do take pride in getting to go first because it does kind of set the tone and the narrative for what happens going forward i mean you know you can look at what's happening now on the Republican side, DeSantis is dropping out why he put all his eggs in the Iowa basket and didn't work out for him and he lost his resources and lost his strength and his ability to raise further funds right because they saw that he didn't have a strong showing there as, as he wanted to so. What happens in, in the early states matters because you go state by state, right? You, especially in the beginning, it's one at a time. Then you get into Super Tuesday and like everyone's all voting at the same time, and all that kind of thing. But in the beginning, you know, it, it, it's all we're talking about. We're talking about Iowa. for and, 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 and by the way, the campaigns spend all of their time there. Think about that, Iowa goes first, right? So for that year, mm-hmm prior to that first caucus in Iowa, the campaigns are spending most of their time and the candidates are spending most of their time in Iowa, right? That's where they're opening their offices. <laughs> that's where they have the most people, their ground game. That's where they're going to go going to the county fairs and state fair and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, and that's why Iowa loves it. You uh, maybe like we said, their winner doesn't always go on to win the whole thing, but they do get a lot of attention. And you can even argue it's a boon to their economy, probably. Right. Just by getting all that activity happening there. Yeah, I'm so sure it is.
2: Do, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shiba. No, I was going to ask, how are the Democrats responding to that in New Hampshire?
0: Well, OK, so here's the thing.
2: And South Carolina, how are they responding to what he just said?
0: Well, South Carolina has, to to have changed, I'm sure, may, I can't speak for now, but they might be appreciative of, of the fact that the DNC made or tried to make them first and is now punishing New Hampshire for not complying. You know, if you're in South Carolina, you might say, listen, the DNC is just enforcing its rules that it's set, and New Hampshire should play by the rules. If you're in New Hampshire, you're saying, which I'm hearing, that the state law in New Hampshire that we have to go first and we don't care what the DNC says, <laughs> we're still voting first and it's still going to matter. It, it, you know, it, it, it may not contribute to the overall delegate count, but I think that was kind of secondary in the first place. Right. Because every, like we said, it's going to be reported who wins and people are going to know who won and then people will do with that, what they wish in other states going forward in South Carolina, et cetera. And then we're going to get a a delegate count at the end. I don't think New Hampshire's delegates are going to sway, certainly not in this Democratic primary. They wouldn't have made the difference. Right. But it's more about the narrative of it, I think. Right. And the narrative here tonight is that Democrats in South Carolina, rather Democrats in New Hampshire, who are loyal to Biden or at least who want Biden to be the nominee are trying to get him to win with write-ins. I don't know how many New Hampshire voters are going to be persuaded to write in Joe Biden over anyone on the ballot, but that's the test, right? I mean, I think if he does very well in the write-in vote, it does make him look stronger maybe than people thought he was.
2: Yeah, because can let,
1: that write-in be... Oh. Let me, let me mention, this is kind of interesting here. Um, this is from the Associated Press right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the New Hampshire primary results as uh, the live reporting is about 14% reporting in right now, and... Dean Phillips has 22.4% of of the votes that have been reported at 2,600. Uh, Joe Biden, 0%. However, there are 73.3% unprocessed write-in votes. Right. So it's a,
0: likely the write-in votes will be counted last. And right. So, so it looks like Biden be, winning.
1: It, it could be yeah if, if biden's only on there as a, a write-in candidate he could yeah. be in that that mix and and still leading uh
0: do they have maryann williamson on that ballot or is it just
1: yes okay. um she's right now reporting in. she's in uh aside from the the unprocessed write-in she'd be in second place with 4.3 percent of the votes at 509 and then there's like a list of like 10 15 20 mm-hmm. 20 other candidates and none of them have any votes
0: right right
1: so very interesting um
0: so yeah and you know this really i think mostly affects the narrative going forward for the general election i don't think anyone seriously thinks that biden is going to lose the nomination at this point but the question is how strong of a candidate does he appear to be and we know how perception becomes reality especially in politics so what is the narrative going to be coming out of that and people will spin it their own way and what have you but You know i think it would have looked weak on him if he would have lost even if he wasn't on the ballot as funny as that sounds right if the report coming out of new hampshire tonight was dean phillips is the winner on the democratic side because we know we live in a world of headlines people might not even be paying attention to the fact that oh well he was not on the ballot because of this weird dnc rule and new hampshire didn't go along Mm -hmm. people might just look at the headline dean phillips wins new hampshire and going forward i think it would just kind of feed into that agenda of trying to portray Biden as weak for the general election,
1: right? Uh, I suppose, but I I think it, it still think it's ultimately kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the point is that you're trying to, you're trying to win and then this, oh, we're, we want to go first. No, we're gonna go first. Like,
2: right. Yeah. it seems kind of, uh,
1: yeah. So right. gonna see what's gonna happen though.
0: But if there was um, a headline tonight that Biden lost New Hampshire in the Democratic primary, you don't think that would make it look bad?
1: Sure, it would. Yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't look. It wouldn't look very good. No. Ultimately, if and you know, st- strategically, I, I do get it. Um, but ultimately, you know, the numbers, when they come out, when they're voting, it it's uh, shouldn't matter. Anything It shouldn't matter at all. Because you know however the votes that happen in new hampshire how they happen in south south carolina or wherever it is they're, they're going to be what they are but That's i do true. get the optics part of it I, I, and strategy of trying to say we want that to to happen
0: right right you know and like we said what happens in these states could affect other things too like fundraising for example right if the donors lose their faith in the candidate the story's coming out you know will you'll Someone didn't have a great showing. and they underperformed in the state. We, you know, they were expecting all these votes, but it didn't work for them. Maybe they had high poll numbers, but the polls didn't translate into votes. People in other states, donors, right players in, in this game are looking at all that. And it can certainly affect what happens going forward in, in, you know, in the other states. And so that's why they would
1: well, have done here's here's, But here's what's silly about it is that, so they did, They you know, if Biden pulls out uh, of the primary or doesn't get on the ballot for the primary because of this this mm-hmm. rule, it doesn't stop the primary. It still right. happens and right. the results still come out and his right. name, if he's not on the ballot, his name is at a greater risk of being lower on, on uh, the results mm-hmm. than otherwise. Yeah. And so he's not accomplishing anything as far as trying to make these positive optics uh, well, because... Right, he's making it more risky for himself
0: right uh-huh. except he, he is his narrative is basically new hampshire doesn't count right new hampshire's not getting delegates they wouldn't play by the rules and therefore they're not going to well, have to they not not by? yeah but what that's, that's that's all the, the the rule was that south carolina got to go first right but that's the dnc that the, something the, agreed? the dnc passed that as a rule yeah the DNC set South Carolina as the first state and New Hampshire said our state laws says we go first. We're not changing that. We're having a primary regardless. So the, so the Democratic position now is, well, New Hampshire can have your primary. It's not going to count, though. Doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. You're doing it for nothing. Right. But see, here's the thing. Yeah. But his supporters and, and people in New Hampshire are saying, well, wait a minute. We don't want the narrative to be that Dean Phillips just won New Hampshire. So they're waging a writing campaign. Is Biden involved in that at all? Did he advise them to do that? I don't know. Right. But people in New Hampshire are, are saying, hey, wait a minute. We don't want this to be the headline."
1: Right. right. And what I'm saying is like there, if if Biden, they're like, we don't want this to be the headline. Well, I mean, there's nothing he can do with that if he's not on the ballot. Like he's putting himself more at risk for right.
0: that. He took himself off the ballot. He yeah. said, I'm not going to qualify for the ballot in New Hampshire. Right. There's still people in New Hampshire who want him to be the nominee and they're writing his name. It.
1: Right. So oh, yeah. if he's doing it, if he's doing it for the optics, for the strategy, and I get that that's, you know, it can be useful to set the tone for what's coming up. Uh-huh. He's putting himself more at risk for him having a negative well, he, start. He doing Even if hold on? On, hold on, a second, hold on a second. Even yeah. if they say these 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 delegates don't don't go to the convention, these this primary doesn't count. It doesn't matter in the news. In the right. news, Biden didn't win that that primary, right. and that's the news that you're trying to avert. And he makes himself more at risk for this one right. not is being he, on. The, the
0: question is: Is he himself taking that strategy? I mean, maybe maybe he's just saying the hell with New Hampshire. I don't care maybe there are other people saying we want to make sure that biden doesn't lose in new hampshire and it it could be but if 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 the point was that
1: biden won this other state last time so we want to come out strong looking strong this is what the optics are going to be then not being on new hampshire since new hampshire is going first regardless if it's the rules or not then it is going to make him look like you know, he is at more risk of right. not coming out strong like he wants to.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure his goal was for South Carolina to actually go first, right? And give him a big, yeah. strong, huge win. Even though, I mean, let's right. be honest, he doesn't have a serious primary challenger. You know, I mean, I could see this really mattering more if there was someone that we thought maybe can give a run for his money. But we don't have that here. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Right.
1: No, that's. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could make
0: a difference, maybe in future elections, if the DNC rules don't change, and if there's always this tension between South Carolina and New Hampshire going forward.
1: Jesus Christ! I'm I'm, I'm yeah. at the same Who's time looking at that? this. There's, there's yeah. a crazy amount of people that are that are running in New Hampshire. This is yeah. ridiculous. Somebody named Paperboy Prince is running. Oh, love Paperboy Prince. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there's like there's like thirty people on this ballot. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I'm putting my name on the ballot, Next and it time. happens every time. The
0: media doesn't tend to report it; they just stick with the major candidates. Right, or mm-hmm. always a ton of people running for president, and they do make ballots. And every state does it differently, so they're not going to be on the ballot in every single state, right? Necessarily, it's just you have to qualify for each ballot separately. And, Listen,
1: I want someone to write me in on the primary ballot. Just, just do it, <laughs> just to say you had a president funny. somewhere. Just yeah. do it. Someone write it, It's not gonna matter. Just go ahead and write me in. I'm gonna put it on my resume. Like, yeah, Listen, you know. it's
0: always nice, right? You know, I, I get that when I look at the local election results, and I'm not running in something, but I look at the, I'm like, hey, some people run on my Scholar. That's that's nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so, yeah, go ahead and write me in. Um, you know what? I might write myself in. Why not?
0: There you go. All right. Well, so we want to do the poll question of the week on this topic. Um, see what the people out there think. So, the poll question of the week is Should New Hampshire be stripped of its delegates to the Democratic National Convention for not following the DNC rule to allow South Carolina to vote first?
1: We'll see. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see.
0: I mean, and, and, you know, it does actually lead to an interesting question, I think, in the general sense of should the states continue to decide on their own? when they're gonna hold these and how they're gonna do it all themselves without the dnc weighing in at all i mean it should it just be completely autonomous to the states or should the dnc be able to regulate it in some fashion i mean i'm not sure we w- just want a free for all I mean, what happens if they all try to, to hold their elections on the same day or something
1: well i think I, I think one thing that everyone has to keep in mind and and we've talked about it many many times is that this is an internal organization vote it's not really the state vote it's the okay. internal organization vote in in the state so I, I wouldn't think the state itself has any input or should this is a private well, organization still, it, right
0: but it is still it's, it's up massive to the states. it still is left up to the states to conduct these elections right it's not like the dnc is coming in with voting machines right. and saying, come vote in our dnc sponsored machine the state is still doing it as they would always do right it is left right. up to States. And the other thing I'll mention, it was kind of an aside, I guess. In New Hampshire, I guess this really emphasizes the point that the states kind of do it all differently. In New Hampshire, you don't have to be a registered Democrat or Republican to vote in the primaries. You just go, you, you take whatever ballot you want. And so you're seeing right. now a lot of people are voting in the Republican primary because that seemed like the more competitive contest at this point, likely is. Mm-hmm. So. In New York that's different right in New York you have to be registered Democrat to go to Democratic primary vice versa for the Republicans it's not the same everywhere you know independents mm-hmm. can vote in, in, in New Hampshire in the primaries and so again the states kind of do it as they do according to their law but then you have the overarching DNC and the RNC on the Republican side coming in setting mm-hmm. parameters right to try to maintain some kind of control over this so there's otherwise it's just like a, a soup of 50 plus contests with with no governor on them
1: right yeah, yeah we'll see how this plays out
2: yeah hopefully it plays yeah
1: out with, uh, hopefully it plays out in some way with uh biden winning and uh just trump getting stomped on totally and this is the first step in that path
0: well you know what shiba why are here i wanted to ask you about the republican side with nikki haley in particular because she caught a lot of flack for her answers about the civil war and slavery mm-hmm. and then saying that america was as well she should coming. And it was kind of interesting to me that she even felt maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know, but she felt that as a Republican candidate for president who comes from South Carolina, she couldn't mm-hmm. say that slavery was the cause of the Civil War. And she couldn't say that America had a racist past. So or at least she felt that way. Right. I mean, it could actually end up undoing her politically. so Maybe she should have mm-hmm. said But she felt right that she couldn't say that. And she is someone who you know not a newbie. I mean, she is the former governor of South Carolina, so she should have some kind of political instincts there. So for whatever reason, you know, based on her experience, she is thinking that she would not be able to admit these things. I mean, what do you think that that says? And do you think that's gonna cost her?
2: Well, I think she, because she has no connection, direct connection to that past. Mm. So that may have caused her comments Um, Being an Indian
0: American.
2: Right. In a way to say, I think she was trying to be safe, but it didn't come, whatever, however she phrased it, it wasn't taken that way. Because as I say, she does not have any direct connection to the Civil War or to slavery. Mm -hmm. So it may be um, in her research uh, when she did. I don't know about, you know, what what where why she said America was not racist. I don't know where that came from.
0: Right. As uh, she was lobbying racist insults at her.
2: Right. So I don't know where if she chose to ignore that or uh look that, you know, look over that. That's that's something to me sounds a personal issue with her. But with her talking about the civil war and slavery, I don't think that as i say it she doesn't have a uh connection to that is uh, to th- that um era in any way like her she doesn't have Do you like, need to have
0: a connection to that to be able to, you to acknowledge the history i mean why yeah, is it that think she thinks it's so controversial for her as a republican candidate to admit that slavery was the cause of the civil war why should anyone be afraid to say that in in the year twenty twenty four?
2: Well, the thing is, Mike, when you do your research, and it depends on how you research and what you want to say mm-hmm. about slavery being the cause of the Civil War, I think she's done her research somewhere along the line. And I have seen- uh, and She's done her research uh, in Florida. Right, but she's done her research where I have seen that- um, Or Texas. And there are some authors yeah. that say, Slavery wasn't the cause of the Civil War. But but, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) That the purpose of the Civil War was to unite the North and the South.
0: Unite? Okay. Yeah, because at that time, listen, Mm -hmm. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
2: (laughs) At that time, the North and the South were, were two separate, as you could say, countries. The South had its own money. That was, yeah. that was just the the during the yeah. so so yes, so no. their own government, yeah. The the fat, yeah. So they have their own government. This is what started. I'm just saying, research. When she she's probably researched it in this way. I'm just saying what she might have researched in this way. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, you're, you're being too
0: uh, nice, Shiba.
1: <laughs> you're being <laughs> war
0: on you. I think it'll bring us closer together. You're being too <laughs> nice, Sheba, You're being too I nice. Here's the thing, though, to me, because if you listen to her whole answer, if you listen to her whole answer. When she got that question she started talking about states rights and she was like well i think it was about states not being told what to do and basically choosing their own destiny and so she's really defending the southern position still she's defending yeah, the confederacy that's it. today yeah. saying yeah. that basically were justified in their hey, hey. war over slavery that's what she's saying, saying hold, what? hold on hold on hold on hold on I, I think She's defending the Confederacy. She's saying that, but that's what I'm It was not, what I'm right to not be told what she, to do by the federal government, so she was exactly, basically saying stuff was justified, exactly. and then that she, they should have slavery.
2: And that's why she said. That's why she said what she did,
0: because she's saying, "Look, doesn't really say that make bad?" I mean, that's. To, to just, me, she, you, she's essentially apologizing for slavery. She, more than that, she's almost saying that it, it was it was the right thing to do at the time, or at least they should have been able to do it, right?
2: To what, have slaves?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Wait, that was let, me, what, let me jump yeah, in But here. see, the thing is, is that I'm not saying that. No, it wasn't right.
0: That's what she's
2: saying. Yeah, she's
0: insinuating that, isn't she?
2: Well, Mike, she's from the South. Do you think they ever gave up? Mike, let's be it. real. Do you think some wait, of them wait. in the South yeah, ever forgave the North for coming down, coming into the South? At
0: this point in time, you still hey, know no, they, they didn't. She's no. letting you
2: know that no. And that's why she said it so she could start trouble again and it worked.
1: No, no, no. L- listen, I, I think I think one, I think you're being too nice, Sheba, by saying that she you you kind of insinuated that she she did research that was just wrong. And so she <laughs> just happens to be wrong because her research was wrong. I didn't she say like, her research actually, was wrong. No, no, she knew exactly what she was saying. I didn't Uh,
2: say she didn't know what she was saying. What I'm saying is this, is that she was trying to say, let's say in a nice way, I'm still a southerner, I'm for the confederate. Wasn't that what she said? I don't think,
1: this is what I think. This is what I think. This is what I think. She knows what the base thinks. The Republican Party, especially in the South, then those supporters and voters in the South are all going to argue states' rights. They're still fighting to keep Confederate flags up, right? This has been their position yeah. since the end of the war, that since the end of the Civil War, exactly. the South rise again was their whole thing. And so right. she knows that by coming out and saying slavery was the reason for the Civil War, she's going to lose every. Okay. Huh? I know uh, yeah, that no, she this, knows you that, you that if that. she came out and yeah, said does. that, she would yeah. lose yeah. every vote that she was trying to get. She knew what she was doing. She knows there's certain things you cannot say in, thought, in as a Republican candidate. In and the
0: then South- votes. She knows that. Huh? But, but I'm asking though, so do you think it cost her votes in, let's say, Iowa and New Hampshire? Do you think it's only something that helps her in the South? Or, you know, overall, was it a smart political move for her to say that in a Republican primary?
1: I, I think for... For a Republican primary, for Republican votes, I don't think it's going to be an issue for her. I don't yeah. think it's going to be a problem. So I think, don't think I, it's one of the reasons why she came in third in Iowa. No, I think even no. outside of that, a lot of Republicans w- will believe that they'll buy that. Mm-hmm. There is,
0: I mean, we cannot ignore the That's race. It. Core of the sure. Republican Party, sure. But sure. and- that, that's also kind of my point: the fact that whether it's true or not, her perception of the situation was, I can't admit that slavery was a cause of the Civil War because if I do, I'll lose votes in the Republican in South Carolina. Yeah,
2: but but what I'm saying doesn't it, that it, kind it, of
0: show that there's, to to say the least, a a, a troubling link between a relationship between a Republican primary electorate and racism? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's listen, we can go back to uh uh
1: what was it? Colin Powell's chief of staff said back back in the Bush presidency that look, our party is full of racists. Like this yeah. this is not a uh this is not a secret. It's just that they anytime called out about it or pointed out, they argue against it. Right. And uh-huh. but look at their actions. Look what they've been There's doing. A look at their right. Look what they do with um any history that doesn't paint a certain narrative. Look what Republicans are doing in Texas with the history books as far as slavery, yeah. saying they were they were yeah. unpaid laborers and trying to take that out of the yeah. right.
0: this is but my, mean, but my point is this, though. There's a difference between being full of racists and thinking, making a political calculation as an astute politician, right, that saying this would be a net negative. I'm going to lose more votes than I'm going to gain by saying that. So she's making a calculation. Implicitly absolutely. That there are more racists than non-racists in her party. Absolutely. I yeah. would I, and
1: I would bet I would, I would probably put money that majority of the candidates, especially at her
0: level, would have done the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. You think so? Yeah, it, it's, it's still I guess, again, because I'm a New Yorker who doesn't like mustard on his burgers. Right. right? It, <laughs> it's hard for me to wrap my head around the idea but, but, that in 2024, a candidate running for president of the United States is afraid to say slavery was the cause of the Civil War. Our boy, Isaac, who was on here a couple weeks yeah. ago. But, he but, but Mike, a, hold on a second. Let me, let me say this. He, hold, on Mike, a hold on a second. He just became, uh-huh. our boy Isaac became an American citizen recently. He said one of the questions on the citizenship test was what was the cause of the Civil War? The answer was slavery. I mean, it's a pretty black and white thing at this point.
2: Yeah, but no do they give you choices right. or they just give you, they give you choices or they just say slavery? Slavery was the States cause of the Civil War. An acceptable
0: answer to that question.
1: Right. Huh? So, I mean. Listen. We know what the truth is, but we also know what the Republican and conservative uh, side, the 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 extreme right right side, the whatever you want to call it, we know that their position has always been that it was a states' rights issue, right? That that was the Confederacy thing, or at least that they mm-hmm. wanted to say in public after the fact. During the time they were, you know, pretty out out in public about yeah this is about our slaves as well but they also want to frame it as a state's rights issue I And mean, here's the
0: thing if yeah. you look at the document that south carolina produced when it was succeeding from the union to join the confederacy <laughs> they talk about i think the awesome quote-unquote institution of slavery something like that like slavery is right in there so right it's not oh, some wow. kind of wacky conspiracy theory that democrats or liberals have come up with all these years later to make it about slavery it was literally in their succession document that's why they were seceding.
1: I would so be what, more what, surprised if a Republican presidential candidate had answered that it was about slavery really? than that's
0: slavery,
2: such, a, that's a, that's such a, a lame
0: question. Because why you, she, can you can still take the Republican view. You can still say, her? listen, hold, hold. You know, as a Republican candidate, she could have said, "Yeah, it was about slavery, and that was wrong." But we've made such great progress. So many strides since then. Talk about, and she could have even used a tired line about Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. He got us out of it. She could have done all that stuff and still she admit gone. slavery was the cause. Yeah, because Bubba's yeah. not going to hear that. Bubba doesn't want to oh. hear that nonsense. Someone yeah. said to me that a big part of the reason is because it would be admitting that your great grandparents were yes in the South.
1: Yes. Absolutely, it's admitting mm-hmm. that,
0: that grandma,
1: grandpa, great grandma, grandpa were all trash, and people aren't going to do that.
2: Mm. Yeah. Plus,
1: plus, it also admits uh, a whole host of other things. It admits the 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 talk about racism in the country, systemic racism mm-hmm. in country, what happened during Jim Crow, the effects that are still mm-hmm. lasting, stuff that's still going on that none of them want to. No, no one on that side wants to admit to, because it upsets different ideals some ideals about how they how they were able to to get to their position because they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps because they had no no help they did it all themselves or because they were able Uh, to uh, do uh, it from uh, their own work uh, uh,
2: and that's why i said mike she was very she's trying to be very shrewd in how she answered the question because she knows depending on how she answers that question is just what uh jay has said so she was trying to answer it in a in a way where um she wasn't trying to offend, I guess, her her base.
0: That's very telling though, right? That if that's the calculation it, it is. is. That you have to say that yeah, that's because, see, like beautiful. I said,
2: somewhere along the line, and I've uh, researched this and I've read this, books on the Civil War and different off- authors on why it happened and why and what was the cause of it, and that's why I said somewhere along the line, she has done some sort of research on this topic because reality, uh, Mike, she does not have a direct connection to that.
0: She's running for president. She should do better. Uh, Jay, do we have any I updated results? <laughs> I agree she should do better. Um, so, so what did you say, Mike? Do we have any updated results on the Republican side right now? From New Hampshire? Uh,
1: yeah. Um, on the Republican side, let me, let me pull that back up. Um, where are we at? All right. So on the Republican side, there's 17 uh, percent. Reporting in at this moment, Donald Trump is at fifty four point two percent. Nikki Haley is at forty
0: four point eight. That's close. I mean, yeah, it is. If she yes. can maintain three thousand votes, right? If she can maintain uh, uh, with being within ten points coming out of New Hampshire, that actually gives her some cause to go into South Carolina and say, "Listen, I'm your governor. I'm a hometown girl, and I have a real shot at winning this." Right? I think she's, if she's below. 10 coming out of tonight, it spells doom for her. and She might be dropping out a lot sooner. So we'll see how long she can keep this up.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, and then on the Democratic side, um, it's about 23% reporting in. And the unprocessed write-in is still um, leading the way by far with 73.8% of, of the vote. Um, so it
0: seems like that write-in campaign was successful on the Biden side. We'll see it how actually should turn out. You know, they're not going to be right in votes between Phillips is on the ballot, so that does bode well for Biden there. Um, right. One thing I wanted to mention as, I guess just another point as to why the order and who votes first does tend to have a, a, an effect maybe it even can account for why this is close tonight. The small town of Dixville Notch, it's called. I'm sorry, what? It's called Dixville Notch. It's a small town in New Hampshire. Say that again i'm sorry i'm being childish <laughs> are you trying to just chop this up and have a sound bite that you can use later on i'm just being childish you say dick's notch what yeah that's the name of the town <laughs> okay. and it's close to the canadian border it's a very small population in fact they only have six registered voters in the whole town they as a tradition mm-hmm. they vote at midnight so they're the first actual votes in the country okay and all six of them voted for nikki haley over trump Now, it just so turned out that I believe she personally met with five of them because she knew they were going first. But this, again, goes, you know, it it speaks to the fact that it it does matter, right? Because this created a story. And, you know, it's kind of a fun, Mm -hmm. silly thing. But nonetheless, when the story coming out of it is what, Midnight – six people voted, all six of them voted for Haley. She won 100% of the votes there. That might make her seem stronger than some people might have thought in other parts of the state when they go vote, right? Because some people might have thought, oh yeah, this is just a done deal. She can't win, what's the point? But if they see she's getting six to nothing, wins over Trump and, and Dixville and Knox, maybe more <laughs> yeah. of them will come out and support her. And, and maybe that accounts yeah. in part for what we're seeing tonight.
1: I think I think what that that is evidence of to me is the importance of candidates actually being present. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we, we noticed that it back uh-huh. even first started running like in 2012 when we didn't have the kind of money to spend. And we noticed that basically a lot of candidates throw money at these campaigns to get people out when they can't really be everywhere. But we had to be everywhere. Right. And so her being there and touching and talking to those people is probably what uh, influenced them to vote because they actually met the candidate. You know what i mean so i think that that shows a testament to that to actually yeah, being that's a very
0: that's very powerful and something i tell canton's all the time especially mm-hmm. to your yeah. point if they're going up against someone who is more organized has more money has more name recognition right more established yeah. more ingrained all those things right you think oh i'm an underdog it's an uphill battle one advantage you have over them is you actually can be because you don't have a choice, but you can right. be there and you can meet more voters touch more people, right? You can be in their face, you can talk to them, you can meet them, you can see them. And yeah, that does resonate. It does have a strong effect. I mean, you know, think they about are. it, especially in a primary, right? I mean, in a general election, you can say, well, maybe they vote more along their, their ideological beliefs or whatever. But think about a primary where people think that the candidates more or less are aligned. Maybe there's some subtle differences, but overall, they kind of have the same kind of policy ideas, right? Well,
2: who are you partial
0: mm-hmm. to? The person you feel like you know and you met, or right. the person that you never saw? You know, and then right. people say things like that. Well, you know, at least they showed up; they took the time to come and, and see me, and listen to me, and you know. And, and then you kind of feel like you're voting for someone that you know. Like, oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Be president, I, I met them. I can say I met the president. You know, that, that's there. So,
1: right. And I think that that also presents opportunity for people reaching moderate voters um, who are not so like hardline one way or the other if you have that, that personal connection and that good experience, you may be able to change some minds.
2: Uh mm. mm-hmm. huh. So, well, I'm going to sign off. It was All good right. to have this discussion and next time, tell I won't be uh, timid. I'll call you. Tal. Uh, <laughs> Jay, I won't be so nice.
0: You were too you nice You got to be nice
2: what? with her. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah, she was too nice to Nikki Haley. I
1: agree. I think she was too nice to Nikki Haley saying, well, you know, maybe essentially you were saying maybe she's wrong because her research was just happened to be wrong. No, no. She was purposely wrong. (laughs) <laughs> she was purposely wrong. She didn't just pick the wrong book. You're just being well, you know, too nice.
2: I, I have to answer in a way where I'm not, you know, I have to answer in a way mm-hmm. where, you know, you have to care about taking up sides.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but hold a on. a second you shouldn't be afraid to take up the, the side of the truth, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One side is right and one side is wrong. She'd be like, well, I'm yeah, going to be down. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. So, well, well. as always, it's <laughs> great to talk to you. And she, but next time, please come on with the burger from Burger King
2: i certainly will <laughs> I, I certainly may and I'll, and I'll try to get one to you tim uh i'll try to get one to you if it doesn't you know maybe i could jet it there supersonic
0: a burger or a t-shirt
2: a burger i eat a lot of burger.
1: <laughs> well, I won't eat the burger. i i isn't i did i did total six years working in burger king um that's how i paid through co paid my way through college and I made many a hamburger and cheeseburger and all of them with mustard. That's their, That's the recipe, but it appears, like I said, it might be a New York thing, and I, I did see online, apparently maybe some parts of New Jersey as well for some reason. Jay, uh-huh. What uh-huh.
0: were the causes of the Great Hamburger War? Yeah. Slavery. It was uh-huh. absolutely slavery. It was mustard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. ha- have a great week, and yeah. I'll let you know how our the launch goes okay all right
0: good luck Thanks. thank you shiba
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. all
1: right right. so yeah just looking as a check-in on the new hampshire primaries um there's a few more point percent points reporting in and it looks like uh unprocessed write-ins is gaining more ground dean phillips was previously at 22 and a half percent of the votes now he's down to 21.2 so um it looks like there's even more going into the right in so maybe that that campaign was uh uh successful and and again it it hasn't they're unprocessed so they're not attributed to anyone yet so that doesn't right. mean that they're all biden yeah they uh, could matter be of for yeah, my matter of fact, Joe Biden write-in on the ballot is at 0% because nothing's been attributed yet. So. Right,
0: so We'll see. So we'll see. But it seems likely. I mean, if he's got 22% and the write-ins were at 70-something percent, that's not a good sign.
1: 73.7, that's a massive yeah. so difference. So I predict that, that Biden will beat Phillips with the write-ins. Yeah, and the Republicans have no write-ins.
0: <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so, so it's very interesting. I wanted to speak about, while we're talking about elections, you know, I practice election law, and a question often comes up about candidates petitioning for themselves, right? Now, we just talked about how, when you're a candidate, it's important to go out there and meet the voters, right? Certainly very important. But a lot of candidates think that they're gonna be the ones carrying the petitions, right? Of course, you get petitions and signatures on the petitions to qualify for the ballot. In some states, like. When you're running for president and and other offices you can actually just pay a a fee to get on the ballot instead of petitioning in new Mm -hmm. york you have to petition so there's a pitfall to this and a lot of candidates don't want to hear it especially when they don't have the money to hire people but Mm. from a legal point of view and please don't take this as legal advice right i'm not your attorney if you see this on a youtube video or something like that it's general information but it is something to be mindful of where If you are the candidate and you're petitioning, and you're witnessing your petition sheet, right, because on the bottom of the petition sheet, you fill out a little statement saying that you were the one who witnessed these people signing the petition, you are opening yourself up to legal challenges that wouldn't be there if you were not on the petition. And... And so really it is beneficial for you to have other people doing that. You might need to hire people and the fact you often need to hire people, you know, maybe depending on the seat, you can do it with a bunch of volunteers, whatever it is, you should not be the one personally engaged in a petitioning process. Now, what you could do is you could have people walking with you. And so, you know, if you wanna use it as a chance to meet voters, you still can, but have someone holding the petition who's a qualified voter, right, who's able to do that actually being the one to, to get the signatures and you can just be there talking to them and, and campaigning and doing what you do but it's important to that your name isn't on that and there's a very specific legal reason why that is which i think is kind of interesting do you have any idea what it might be
1: conflict of interest
0: not exactly actually it's fraud and mm-hmm. to set this up If you want to challenge someone's petition because what happens is you get your signatures and we know you've got to get more times than are required to be safe right because opponents will scrutinize them and try to knock you off the ballot a lot of people don't realize that the board of elections on their own doesn't go and scrutinize all the signatures for all the candidates you know it's it's way too much for them to do and the law in fact is that they're presumed to be valid if they're in the proper format unless proper challenges are mounted against them right and so actually it's opponents oftentimes on behalf of the actual candidates running against you or maybe just people who don't who don't support you support someone else whatever it is right they're they're the ones voters in your district in your area they're, they're the ones who are going to be mounting these challenges they're going to be saying to the board of elections hey this person shouldn't actually be on the ballot because even though they submitted a petition with what looks like enough signatures their signatures don't Qualify right? Either they come up short, they don't have enough valid signatures, they're no good. You know, for whatever reason, they'll, they'll find legal arguments right to to attack the petition. So one of those legal arguments is fraud. But it's an interesting thing with petitioning because petitioning is a way for voters to express that they want someone on a ballot. So it doesn't have to be the candidate directly involved in it, it could just be anyone like if I wanted you to be a certain, you know, uh, position in my community, I could petition your name for the ballot. Now you could de- decline it if you wish at the end. But I have a right to go around getting get signatures and saying, you know, hey, hey, hey listen, 10,000 people want Jay to be the senator or whatever, right. So I'm with that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll take it. So what happens in the case of fraud now? Right? What happens if I as someone who's not connected to you or your campaign in any way I just take it on my own to go around get signatures and submit them. and it turns out that it was done in a fraudulent way should you as a candidate or as your campaign be punished for that right so the answer is generally no generally happens is you can use fraud as an attack on a petition to disqualify Signatures, right? So you can say these signatures were obtained fraudulently, therefore these signatures shouldn't count, and it would just be reduced from your total. The right. legal standard now, if you want to disqualify someone for fraud, aside from getting them below the threshold, is the petition has to be permeated with fraud, meaning you know, you kinda of look look at it and it's just infected like a virus everywhere you look, there's fraud, 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 fraud. And then that kind of just raises this legal it makes
1: a candidate look like a fraud, like he right, committed right. fraud.
0: It it raises the legal notion that you you petitioned fraudulently, right? Even if you weren't able to specifically find enough instances to knock them below the threshold, it was permeated with fraud. So it just kind of cast out on the whole operation. So there's that, right? So for a long time, it was just that. So so, to disqualify someone for fraud, if you couldn't get them below the threshold with your fraudulent accusations, you had to show permeation. Well, there were instances of candidates themselves and campaigns themselves engaging in fraud. And mm. when they were attacked, right, they were challenged, called out on this in court, their defense always was, okay, you can disqualify these fraudulent sheets that, that we may have collected here or these fraudulent signatures, but the, the, the position isn't permeated with fraud and therefore we still qualify at a certain right. point, and And this, this is New York case law, so don't apply this elsewhere, but in New York, it was decided in a court that there's an exception to this permeation standard, and that's if the candidate or if the campaign directly involves in it is involved in fraud, even a minimal amount will disqualify the petition. So what does this mean? If you're challenging a petition of an opponent, right, and you see that the candidate was involved directly in the petitioning, you know that to disqualify their whole candidacy, you only have to find a very small amount of fraud. So you will scrutinize, like let's say they they witnessed three pages and is. 20 pages total on the volume you'll scrutinize the hell out of those three pages trying to find something that doesn't look right to try to argue is fraud. And then, you know, you'll, you win it or you'll lose it, but it gives you a case. Now, now you can go to court and say, your honor, the law is that the candidate participates in fraud. They're disqualified. We have reason to believe that there's fraud on these three sheets. They should be disqualified. Now you're in court. Whereas if the candidate's name was never on those petitions, that case right. be made. Right. And they can only disqualify you if they find so much fraud where it's like everywhere, you know, but they can't get get at you for just a small amount of, you know, one discrepancy that they find, which might not, not actually be fraud, but maybe they think there's an argument there. Right. So that's why from a legal point of view, it's not advisable for the candidate to go and witness their own petitions. Right. So, yeah. Makes as a sense. Attorney, I deal with this often. This comes up. Right. They'll come to me and I'll say I'm going to go out and petition and I tell them have someone else with you don't be the one to witness them.
1: Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. And if you get in trouble, then now you can go and go on and point to this video and use the scholar <laughs> defense.
0: Yeah, so just, it's not legal advice, but it is general information. Right, let right. law. And you know, I find all this interesting, a lot of people ask me, so what is election law? What does it mean? What do you do? And there are a lot of interesting wrinkles like that right and that's why it's important to have a lawyer or someone who knows what they're doing in that area to kind of guide the process and tell you oh wait a minute there are certain pitfalls here because it might seem easy oh i gotta just get a petition you know signatures on a sheet that sounds easy but there are so many yeah. ways that you can screw up it's like a landmine right like there's so many things that you could do that will blow up your whole campaign and so you really need to have someone to help you navigate that process
1: how how different places do do law and processes of law can be interesting sometimes. I recently was having a uh, a conversation actually, a couple of what yesterday um, about a law out here um, because there was a a YouTuber, Johnny Somali. I don't know if we mentioned him, but he got arrested back in November in Japan. Oh yeah, you being,
0: mentioned that. Yeah,
1: right for being a public nuisance, and he was uh, trespassing on um, construction sites and this and that. So he finally got arrested after months of doing crazy stuff just for his streams. And so according to the law here, they can hold you for up to 23 days before they have to, I mean, yeah, for 23 days before they have to release you. And they have to um, decide if they're going to prosecute you, what they're going to prosecute you for. If they do, then it goes to court and they can hold you during the duration of the trial. If they can't present what they're going to prosecute for, they have to release you. So what they do, Japan has a 99.9% conviction rate. And so what they do is they only prosecute what they know that they can win. Mm-hmm. So they build their case. So in that 23 days, they're trying to build their case to decide what they're going to prosecute for. So, for example, what they have is this thing called Saitaiho, which is re-arrest. So let's say you did something and you come in the process of, of um, I don't know, whatever it was, you committed like three different, three different acts in the process for it. So they arrest you for the first thing. Hold you for 23 days, then release you if they're not ready to prosecute to make the prosecution. They release you. As soon as you step foot out of the police station, they'll arrest you again on the second thing. So now they got another 23 days. Oh, wow. and they'll keep they'll keep doing that until they either exhaust what they can arrest you for or they um, decide that they're going to go ahead and charge you with with whatever it is. Well,
0: so they'll arrest you for one thing at a time to buy them 23 more days.
1: Yeah. OK, yeah and it's isn't it crazy it's yeah. insane
0: yeah
1: yeah um so it's, it's just funny how different places have different types of laws and and whatnot
0: yeah Were you telling me once in Japan you you tried to assert your rights to a police officer and they were like we don't care about that here something like that um but
1: no I no no ID um no there were two instances one is it's I didn't have my ID on it. Um, but there was one where a police officer actually tried to put his hands in my pockets mm. uh, to, to go through and I wouldn't allow him to do that. And I was like, can't do that. And he kept saying it's like, Yeah, we can we're the police I'm like, mm. <laughs> yeah,
0: I thought one time also they asked you for your ID. And, and you said like, I don't like, you can't just ask me for my ID randomly. And they said we can't hear Uh no,
1: that I think it, there's two different instances. Yeah. Actually technically as as a foreigner in Japan um and resident I have to carry my residence card everywhere with me my ID and I have to present it when asked. Mm-hmm. That's that's law for that. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm totally aware of that. In in one case though I just i don't know didn't feel like being bothered and i was like ah i don't understand you i don't know what you're talking about i can't speak japanese i was hoping he'd go away but he didn't but he was very very polite and i was clearly the prick in that situation Um, but this other one was when this police officer i showed him he asked for my id i showed it to him um, as i'm supposed to and he asked for a second form of id with a picture on it which is not part of the law and which i didn't carry and i'm like i don't have one and he's like well what about like an insurance card or about this and that or anything else I'm like I-, I don't have anything else i'm it's giving you what to i'm
0: Japanese. supposed.
1: Japanese. yeah yeah and i'm like i'm giving you what i'm supposed to give you i don't have anything else you see clearly everything is above board there's no issue he was just just harassment at that went then he tried to stick his hands in my pockets and i'm like you can't do that and he's like no yeah we can we're this is japan or or yeah we're, we're the police we can do it wow so
0: and but, they're allowed to do that kind of thing over there.
1: No, they're not. They're not okay. allowed to do. Okay. Um, but he was just—he was just um, basically harassment at that point. It's—it has stepped up a little bit in the past twenty years, I'd say, even more so in the last ten. To the point where about four, three or four years ago, even the U.S. State Department issued a warning to foreigners about um, police uh, and and uh, unprovoked stops wow! Um, and then there was a the law a law consortium in out of tokyo lawyers that did a study uh, a survey um to find out about these types of stocks stops this was like not last year the year before so people are looking into trying to to kind of nip it in the bud before it gets even worse so
0: yeah all right but well, generally it doesn't happen we do have to sign off here soon but we had poll results from last week to go over real quick yes
1: Yes, we have a poll results from last week. We asked, should naturalized citizens or no, let me let me get the full wording. Do you believe that naturalized citizens who were not born in the US uh should be eligible to run for president? This was kind of sp- spurred by uh Cenk. I, I don't know if I got his name right from uh the Young Turks. Jank Uger. Jank um, Uger running for president and challenging that provision in the constitution, saying that it's uh what uh, violation of the 14th amendment and he's being discriminated against for not being born here or whatnot.
0: Right. That's essentially so, his argument.
1: Right. And so we uh put that to the poll and um we got a sizable amount of votes here and surprising results actually. Hmm. surprising um, su- surprising to me. Um so 15% said Yes, they believe they should be eligible. 76% said no, 9% said I'm not sure. That's not too surprising. It's about
0: what I thought it would be.
1: I I I was thought it was gonna be a hard, uh a hard no.
0: Oh, so even, even more than the 70s, like 90-something percent?
1: Even more. Um, however, the comments, um, there's a quite a number of comments here, and it seems like the comments overwhelmingly are no. I didn't see any yes comments. At all, there was something posted to the
0: YouTube. Did you see that? Um. Yeah. So we this ran the poll. Guy, he on... left three comments, and then he did the thing that he was accusing us of doing. it's Kind <laughs> of. Do you see that? He's yeah, like, I, I he said something it. like uh, you guys aren't constitutional scholars. You guys are just saying how the court is going to decide without providing an analysis. And then he said, "Of course, he, he can't run for president." End of the story. He didn't provide any analysis. We provided a lot more analysis than he did. Last week, we went over the whole 14th Amendment and we went over right. Article 2 of the Constitution and we talked about what his argument was and why he thinks it's a good argument, but it's really not so good. I mean, we did all that. So right. he just gives a conclusion and then he said, that's what we're doing. No, we're talking about this for a long time. I don't know what he was listening at or, or looking at. Right.
1: And and for him to to, I mean, I just I just wonder if he actually listened to the show. To, to have this conclusion or he just saw the title and he saw the thumbnail and was like, ah, I've got something to say, though. <laughs> um, but even on even on the video that ran um, on YouTube, the comments were uh, no, 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 no. One one was like, check the Constitution. Their kids can run when they're 35. Um, so check. The yeah. Com-
0: is that they haven't been following the 14th Amendment argument, right? Because they're not explaining why they think that's a bad argument we did that by the way last week if you want to go back and watch right they're doing that in the comments or are they saying did you check the constitution yeah the because per- this guy is actually bringing cases about this and he's, and he's filing appeals presenting a legal argument that the 14th amendment's equal protection clause supersedes the natural born citizen right. Clause, right of article two so he's got an argument there again i don't think it's a great argument i think it's a losing argument myself and i explained why last week but right. I would like to see if any of the people in the comments who are saying, just read the constitution. Are they addressing these 14th amendment arguments he's making?
1: Um, Not that I'm seeing. Um, not that I'm seeing. So, and absolutely in the, in the YouTube comments, it definitely wasn't, but yeah. um, there, there is, you know what, there might've been someone here. Um, Cause I mentioned that the, you know, about the 14th Amendment. Let me see what this comment says. The specific specific outweighs the general. If the Constitution didn't specifically list the restrictions on who can become president, then perhaps equal protection could be applied to strike down a law requiring presidents to be natural-born citizens. I don't think he's really adding any meaningful twists to the election. I don't think he'd have any meaningful impact if he were eligible.
0: Okay, so that was the the comment said?
1: That was a comment, yeah. That
0: part about the specific outweighs the general That's actually very smart. And that's actually part of what the court decided to rule against him, right? That the provisions of the constitution relating to the requirements, the qualifications for president are specific provisions about running for president. The 14th amendment provisions are general provisions about equal protection, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially not being discriminated against. Yes. But those are general provisions. And he's trying to apply these general provisions about equal protection to specific provisions about the qualifications for president and the court wasn't buying that the court was saying these two provisions of the constitution are not inherently in conflict because one talks about a very specific thing one talks about general things and so yes a specific will take precedent (laughs) precedence over the general
1: right is that the lex specialis
0: yeah i was looking at that car but i decided to get the uh four-cylinder so i was looking at that car but i decided to go with the four-cylinder instead
1: what? Uh, it sounds like alexis i gotcha um that seems like the only comment that i could find from a quick scan that uh addressed that uh specifically um everything else um there's one here that says i could see it if the qualifications were changed slightly like to enable daca recipients who pass the citizenship test but i wouldn't say i was in favor of changing the constitution for this purpose the loyal argument is not so much of a concern for me anymore considering maga's attempt to overthrow our democracy i mean anyone can be bought for the right price Hmm. but interesting that it would be interesting for that they'd be in favor or or see a a path for daca but just not anyone else that took the citizenship
0: well The interesting thing is if you apply the equal protection argument, it wouldn't only protect naturalized citizens. We talked about that last week, too. If you're saying that equal protection requires strict scrutiny to be applied to any form of discrimination on the basis of national origin, which is constitutional doctrine, right? That's, that's true. That doesn't only apply for citizens that applies for any discrimination on the basis of national origin. And so if you're really following this argument to its logical conclusion, you're saying that anyone could run for president, citizen or not, because you can't discriminate based on where someone is from.
1: Right. And some people brought up some some other issues as well. And we talked about it as far as um, foreign governments. If, if, if it was open like that, then foreign governments, I mean, absolutely. I think Putin would definitely plant someone here to try to get Get a hand in the presidency, and and he wouldn't be the only one. I would imagine a bunch of different uh, countries. I think Israel would do it, um, China would do it, you know. And and if it was the same in other countries, I'm sure the U S. would do the same thing to try to put get someone in the race that would be favorable. Oh,
0: but but, to, but is the natural born citizen thing an American concept?
1: Um, in a lot of places, I think it is an American. I, I don't think everyone is. N- Everyone has a natural born citizenship. Oh,
0: I think that's, it's more of an American thing, but I do think that you have more restrictions in other countries about your blood essentially, right? Your ethnicity. It's about right. so your parentage heritage. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't do that in America because we're a country of immigrants. So we look more right. to if you're born here, you're American, right? Oh. So it's kind of is a distinctly American concept in a sense. Um, so he- but also it does strike you a little bit as an arbitrary distinction, right? I mean, if you're a citizen, you're a citizen. Should it matter if you're born here or not?
1: I think it should um because because of and and we've seen it we I mean we've seen as far as um even our government meddling in the affairs of other countries so that they can curry favor or that they could get the outcome that they desire mm-hmm. we want that access at the highest office of the land I don't think we do um and and some people brought up in the comments the potential for people that would open the potential for people like Elon Musk and Rupert Murdoch to Run for president, and we're talking about the richest people on the planet, and we, who would be the guy types of guys that oh, would I see. want. So,
0: so you're saying someone who just becomes very wealthy and then sets up shop in America, and now because they got so much money and power here, they go for the White House.
1: And absolutely would. I mean, absolutely would. I mean, my, financially, it doesn't really make that much sense for someone who is a billionaire to do it. It's the power. Mm-hmm. Um, you can increase your wealth a lot more, but you also have access to just everything. And we're yeah. looking at like do we want the guy who runs Fox News to be, to, or who owns started Fox News to be the the to be eligible or Elon Musk to be eligible. But like, what if no. it was
0: someone like that who was born in America? I mean, are we presuming that all these <laughs> this type no, of no. Print, for lack of a better term is going to be a foreigner? I mean, you know, they could but, be American, but it could be American. What about the provision that you have to be a resident for 14 years? So, does that not do anything to prevent a plant? I mean, you would have to be growing this plant for 14 years. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, what you don't think they would? I mean, think about it wouldn't like, undercover
0: operations. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't just be like we're gonna move someone in; they could become a citizen right quick and run for president. I mean, it would be a very long-term operation, right? Decades in the, in the works to take
1: to take over a control of a country. I think it'd, it'd be a long-term operation that we, they would do. They do years, decades in the making. However, going through this, I was thinking all long time. Yeah. Uh, to to have your hand at the control of the largest economy on the planet and the biggest yeah, but you're military,
0: you're putting fourteen plus years and Rose, probably more than that to actually get someone to become a citizen and all those things. So you're putting fourteen plus years into the process to take a gamble. I mean, there's no there's no sound that you're going to win. And then what? You're going to try again for the next twenty years?
1: Well, it doesn't doesn't mean that you you know you, you still got your resources. So that means Putin and all of his billions could flood in. And this is not saying that you know pointing fingers at Putin did anything but we did see how Russia interfered in our uh what was it the, the 2016 election yeah um so they have the opportunity and the ability and the interest in influence right,
0: well let me give you this one it's a, it's a fair point but if they're really being that maniacal and devious and long-term planning
1: I, I think I know where you're gonna go and I was gonna say this go make a
0: baby here and then run them for president 35 years
1: that's that's exactly what I was going to say, to because while I'm going through these and I'm looking at different comments and I'm thinking, you know what, that's all possible. But it is very possible that they could send someone here, have a baby here and they could just take the baby back to Russia, raise the baby, train the baby, do all of this stuff and then have them come back here and and run for president. And still do the same thing. So right. it's still possible.
0: Right. If they, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. Um, right. Sounds like a good movie plot, though.
1: You know what? It does. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, but you know what? It's like sleeper cells, right? Terrorist sleeper cells. And they do that. They go and they they stay somewhere and they stay inactive for decades or whatever until it's time to do whatever their mission is. I mean, yeah. All right. So y'all heard, heard it here first. Because we mentioned it here, we have the copyright.
0: You can't just well, copyright. Let's write it up. Let's put it in the mail and send it to ourselves. <laughs> we've got video evidence. To we don't need a band. copyright. We have a Zoom Zoomer's copyright. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So we've got it. This is ours. So Hollywood, uh, we are going to be looking. If anything shows up on
0: Netflix, uh, we're coming for our cut. Except for the fact that you can't copyright an idea. We have to write more a little bit more than that. Let's write a treatment. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll get we'll get a treatment together. Yeah.
1: I'll I'll get on it right away. Chat GPT, where's our treatment?
0: <laughs> yes. So thank you all for tuning in. It's been an interesting discussion. As yeah. always. What is the bottom line? I forgot the bottom line. I was gonna ask you, what is the bottom line?
1: I think the bottom line here, and I think I'm gonna the bottom line is is that in 2024, and, and I know we say this a lot, like oh in this year we shouldn't be, but it it's it's very ridiculous that we are openly and acceptably denying the truth of our history like with Nikki Haley and talking about slavery not being or or admitting omitting that slavery was the the cause of the civil war we history has happened we need to reflect on that and we're supposed to learn from that so we don't commit that in the future if you have an issue with what happened in history, I think that's, you know, that that's it's a problem. You know, it's something that happened, it's something that can't be changed. You may not like it. It may not be something that was palatable. It's what it was, but we have to recognize what it was and move forward in truth, or else we're just fooling ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well said. Doesn't do anyone any favors bearing our heads in the sand. No, it, it absolutely does not. so So. this has been nuance as always you can find us where things can be found in the world right
1: (laughs) yeah
0: facebook live every tuesday we're on youtube nuance with my scholar jay carter we're on instagram at nuance show we're on reddit at nuance show we're everywhere at nuance show and And we're at burger king yes we're at burger king and we're going to continue this very important investigation of where the mustard is So we'll follow up on that groundbreaking coverage. I think this is the coverage that's going to win us an Emmy next year. So nothing about the 14th Amendment and the Constitution and the presidential race or the local New York happenings and events or the guests that we bring on from around South Queens to talk to us about what they're doing in their communities. None of that. The mustard is where it's at, right?
1: Right. That's that's what it is. We got to find the mystery of the mustard.
0: That's it. That's it. So like subscribe share cut the mustard with us and we'll catch you next week we've got work to do and burgers to eat